it's not the main thing. It's a side hustle. But boy, when you have weekends like the one we did last week, sometimes it can bring in what your main hustle would. Welcome in to episode two. I know we're in we're in our infancy here, Jolly, but uh, wow, we got off to a great, great start. I, I know we didn't start in week one of the college football season. That's a little unorthodox, but we got going in week three, and maybe it was a good thing we had a bye week and a bye week to start the season. Yeah, we, we, we got our double bye weeks, got into uh, week three, started off, and um Outside of a single game, we could not miss. We uh, UCF proved to be our only misread and in, oh. in game we didn't hit, which was really tough. But outside of that, we could not miss with NCAA and then even more so with NFL. You know, what was so frustrating about that UCF game, that was the Friday night game. Mm-hmm. At, at the beginning, UCF looked dominant, like they were going to run away with it. They they get a, a fourth down stop and then one play later they score a touchdown and, and we're we're sitting here texting each other back and forth like this is going to be a laugher like UCF minus seven was a joke just like we called it and, and, and then you know they were just so inconsistent to the finish line and then obviously I mean just just the way it's such a fitting way for it to end they get the interception and in field goal range and, and then they throw the pick six like that never happens like that was one of the craziest finishes you'll see with a you know non-offensive touchdown at the end of the game. So I don't know if it was a bad read by us because like UCF playing at their best, they win that game going away, but that was, that was a tough way to start the weekend. But I, I want to focus a little bit and recap what went right for us uh, during week three of the college football season before we dive into what we have this weekend in week four. All right. Yeah. Get, uh, you want to kick us off for, for where we went, right? Yeah, I mean, we went right in a lot of places. I mean, our first, starting with our, our Hennessy underdog, sponsored by Hennessy, where anything is possible, never settle. Uh, we really appreciate their support, and, and we really appreciate Jake Hayner and Fresno State. Woo-hoo-hoo! What a legendary performance. See, that is that's, one of that's the where craziest we got the things last, I've ever seen. Exactly. That was, that's where we got the last laugh last weekend. Because you and I were, were thinking before that line even came out, we were like, what's UCLA going to be favored by? Four, five, maybe six? It comes out 11 and a half. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, are, are, are they trying to give away money this weekend? And, and the money line was, was somewhere around plus 330. And, and we hammered both. And we yeah. hammered both. And, and look, it wasn't, it wasn't a no-sweat game by any means. But, uh, you know, there were, there were good chunks of that game where Fresno State looked like the better team. Yeah, big, uh, big chunks of that game. I, UCLA fought, though. I was I was more impressed, I think, too, with with UCLA with what I saw from them in terms of the the comeback because they were dead in the water uh, that to start the to start the first half they were dead in the water and then kind of got or the first quarter and then got some momentum going and then were able to to kind of string it together at the end and. It made that run, and it took a legendary performance, kind of like what I had said. It's something that that the Magic's kind of made out of. You don't have um, these. That's that's what makes college so great is you have games just like that where Jake Hayner comes out of nowhere injured and and hurting, and he throws this amazing touchdown pass and then gets on the sidelines, and then you should see LA scores and comes back in 
invisible pain and then scores a game winner with as time dwindles down. Like that is just that's what we watch college football for. So it was an insane performance. And look, I don't want to come on here every week and have to apologize to our audience about something. But I apologize that we didn't start at the beginning of college football season because at the beginning of the year, believe it or not, at minus 110, minus 120, around that range, Fresno State's over-under was six. Mm-hmm. We both got it. I they think are both- three and one with Mountain West Conference play going. Mountain West is going to be a, a pretty good conference this year. We'll talk about San Diego State's upset. Uh, that, w- that was the side you were on, Jolly, last week. Uh, we were both kind of on San Diego State. but uh, Yeah, that was your That's your not going to be an easy there. conference, but you, you can't tell me that Fresno's not going to at least go 500. I mean, that's going to put them over the, the win total. I mean, at, at the beginning of the season, they were plus 2,000 to win the Mountain West. I, I slapped a half a unit on that, and I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. Yeah, it's they. We had talked about it too with with Hayner coming in and and the rest of the offense and and the ability to their receivers that that are out there. They they look really good. And yeah, we're, there's there's good teams in the Mountain West, but if you look top to bottom through last week, all of them looked very beatable. You're talking, uh, yeah, you're. Some of the games, I mean, we were on the wrong side of a uh, Mountain West game with the Boise State and thinking that that one would go better. Uh, so you're seeing a team at home that gets a field goal to win blocked. And, and so the, everyone's opening the doors open to being very susceptible to a loss. San Diego State basically gave that game away in the fourth quarter, giving up 14 unanswered points and having to win it in triple overtime when they had I think ESPN had them at a 98% chance to win with four minutes left to go. And they blew that. So you're, you're seeing these teams aren't, aren't really what Fresno state's doing. I think right now, Fresno state should actually be the favorite to, to win the mountain West right now. I would say so too. I mean, Boise state, they, they've played a tough schedule, but they're, they're a one and two ball club. It's, it's tough to, kind of switch that mentality and, and be able to just put it on the gas pedal and, and start racking up wins week after week. It, it's a good conference this year. Uh, we look at what the results were for last week and, and we didn't know what it was going to be coming into the week. The reason part of the reason we started this, this thing was to kind of help ourselves. And, and if, if we go on the record for ourselves and, and we don't do well, that's not uh, the image we want to be in by any means. So we kind of wanted to challenge ourselves, put it all on the record and, and hopefully help some people out if, if we can uh, start to, to win like we did last week. But uh, just an incredible weekend uh, with everything that happened. Really, Saturday, Sunday was the most. Uh, we, we look at the record, 10 and 3 for you, plus 11.7 units, and 9 and 2 for me, plus 11 point one units i mean that that's a ridiculous week like we can't expect to do that again this week but that's a hell of a start nfl hit a 6.9 unit parlay for us which was we thought was going to be blown we thought arizona and the vikings that last leg and and i i I wanted – I did hedge some of it because it was so, for such a big win, but I just felt so good about Arizona going into that game. Kyler threw a couple of uncharacteristic picks, really bad throws into coverage, and 
Ah, Minnesota's kicker, man. Uh, they <laughs> had a straight-on shot. wasn't wasn't too long. I think it was around 40 yards. And a- after hitting a big one the week before to send that game to overtime against the Bengals, I mean, he just he just hooked it to the right. It it just it just drifted on him, and uh, that was that was a hell of the way uh, to to end the week. I mean, we we took some live. We liked the Cowboys um, on Sunday, and we cashed in a little bit on that. Uh, we we liked. Uh, I took a big live on the Buccaneers when they were minus four going into the fourth quarter. I had a feeling they were going to pull away big in that game, uh, and they did. And so uh, NFL had a good feel Sunday. I, I'm happy. I only hit a couple of small prop bets though with that Sunday night game. I really thought Kansas City would kind of dominate a lot of that game on Sunday, but you got to got to tip your cap to Lamar Jackson. That's a big win for the Ravens and for you guys that bet the Ravens out there. I mean you know, hats off to you guys. I mean, that, that's, that's a great call. Yeah. That Raven, that Ravens game was crazy too. You go and, and definitely, I will say the best part about that was going for it on your own territory there, because it, it's, it was very similar feeling to the way in against Buccaneers versus Dallas, where Dallas scores and now you give the ball to Brady and you're just kind of like, what well, you, you know, what's going to happen. I think they were down two and then they had whatever it was one or two and then live they were a minus 110 when they received the ball with a minute to go with Brady to drive down and win like that doesn't happen to anybody and it'd be the same thing with the Chiefs they're down all you all Mahomes got to do is get a them into field goal range and and you knew it was going to happen if they punted the ball. And so basically the only difference that if you go for it and get stopped is now they're in closer field goal range and you're going to pray for a closer field goal miss rather than potentially a longer field goal miss. So I loved the decision by the Ravens at the end of the game to seal the deal. I, I think that was probably the only way that they ended up finishing that ball game. And yeah, hats off to the the Ravens betters, I actually didn't have any money on that game after the, the stress of the day game. So I took that one off, watched it as a fan, and, and it was a great game. The other teams in that six-plus unit parlay along with the Arizona Cardinals, come on, New England. I even threw some on the spread there, minus five and a half or six and a half. I knew that was going to be low. And Zach Wilson looked like he was absolutely not ready for the NFL, throwing four picks and – uh, he wasn't he wasn't pressured on any of them is yeah. the craziest thing. So, um, you know, that it was kind of a, a bad, really embarrassing performance by him. Number two pick. I, it's it's too early to call him a bust. But boy, I mean, that was that was not a good performance by any means. Uh, we had the, the Patriots. We had the Broncos really like the Broncos at the Jags. I didn't think the Jags were going to be as bad as they were at Houston week one. But Teddy Bridgewater is just at, at this juncture of his career, just such a solid game manager doesn't make mistakes. He's looking really good with the Broncos, who's, who've got a home game against the Jets this weekend. Uh, should be a 3-0 and team uh, come Sunday night. But uh, we had the Broncos, the Patriots, the Arizona Cardinals, and and the final team of that parlay was the Buffalo Bills. And, and what a bounce back they had with a, a shutout win over Miami. Tua got hurt. We might factor that into some of our plays this weekend. But it was a really good weekend in the NFL. It was a really good weekend in college football, and it was kind of nice to celebrate that on Sunday going into Monday. Uh, it's funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how we 
we want football like every day of the week. Like sometimes we get buried in, in, in some baseball bets just because we kind of want to uh, dip in the game a little bit early in the week. And so uh, we're excited that tomorrow's Thursday and uh, it's the start of the football week. And, uh, you know, later in the college football year, we're going to have Tuesday, Wednesday games and we always have Monday night football. But uh, the more football, the better. I, I kind of almost wake up a little bit different when I know that there's a football game on. Oh yeah, every every day you're you're able to have kind of looking forward to to the later football games, even on games that that are the smaller games and heck, even the high school football games feel a little bit different than than waking up on on the Tuesday Wednesdays when there's no football currently. So yeah, it's we're in the best time of the year coming up where there is football almost every single day. So almost every single day, and and we're getting to the weekend. And look, let let's face it, I don't I don't think there's you know as many clear cuts in our eyes this weekend as we had last weekend. We we do have a lot of leans and strong feelings and stuff that we're really going to have confidence in, stick to and give you guys and hope that you walk away on top this weekend when it's all said and done. But these are some, these are some tougher games as you kind of get into conference play or, or wrap up non-conference play. Yeah, exactly. This week, this week, looking over it, we both agreed that it didn't, we didn't have as many strong leans going into it and really had to do some of the diving to see where, where we wanted to put our money. But I, we came out with what we're, what we're confident in and uh, we'll get right into it. I think. Yeah, we'll get right into it and, and we'll save our Hennessy underdog for last. Make sure to stay tuned for that at the end. Last week it was Fresno state. We won you big on the money line, big on the spread there. Uh, that was just a, one of the wins of the year, at least here in the early season for sure. But I, I look at some of the games early in the morning. I'll tell you why I like Boise state, Utah state under 69 and a half. Those are two Big offenses, two defenses that have kind of struggled here out of the gate. It's a 10 o'clock in the morning local kick time there in Logan, Utah. And I'm not saying that these offenses aren't ready for an early kickoff like that, but that's just such an irregular thing for Boise State and and for Utah State. They they haven't really done anything like that here out of the gate this season. And and this game is going to be nationally televised on CBS, big CBS, before the SEC game of the week. I think these offenses struggle a little bit. Utah State's undefeated. Boise State, as we mentioned, is one and two. I think Boise wins this game. They're nine and a half point favorites as we speak right now. Utah State's looked pretty good on both sides at times here out of the gate. I mean, they're three and oh. You can't really complain about that. Had a great comeback win week one at Washington State. Uh, kind of stumbled against an FCS North Dakota week two and then uh, had a shootout and, and won like 49 45 over Air Force last week. Great offenses. I, I just think the time is, is funky. It's the conference opener for Boise State. I think Boise State struggles to score points like they did against Oklahoma State, and I think Boise's defense holds strong. I, I don't see this game getting to 69 and a half, but one of the bigger money line games that we're looking at, and it's just a slight underdog. It's not our Henny underdog. One of the bigger money line games, and it's an underdog, but it's not our Hennessy underdog of the week. Boston College welcomes in Missouri, and, and that line has, has dropped as the week has gone on. It's now just minus a point and a half for Missouri. We really like Boston College in this game. 
Yeah, I love Boston College. I'd said early on coming in too, what I'd seen from Boston College last year and, and who they brought back this year that I really feel like Boston College has the ability to compete at the top of the ACC. Obviously, the ACC isn't the one-two program that, that you see. It's not the, the top tier of the Power Five, but I honestly think that even this year that they have a chance to compete with Clemson, that game's in Boston College, and outside of Clemson, I think that they are a top two, three-tier team program, and I would think Missouri has struggled against Kentucky, so, and while that's been the biggest competition that they've faced, they lost to Kentucky 28-35, Boston College really hasn't been tested, is, haven't had anyone that's been able to really showcase their talents, but I love Boston College at home against Missouri. Once again, 9 a.m. game. It's going to be an early, early game on the East Coast there. So I think that Boston College comes away with this win. Boston College plus one and a half at home. We like the money line. Heck, we like them spread. I think that's one of those situations where maybe you just decide one or the other, but as a way to kind of double down on it, be a little more safe on the uh, aspect of the whole thing, right? I mean, it, it, maybe it's a, a Missouri one-point win late, but we do like Boston College to win the game. We do like Boston College to cover there. Here's one out west uh, that you and I have kind of gone back and forth on a little bit. It's UCLA off the loss at home to Fresno State against Stanford, their home opener after two wins after that embarrassing performance week one against Kansas State. Um, I kind of like Stanford in this game. I think UCLA has as explosive of an offense as anybody, and I I don't think Stanford's defense is top tier by any means, but I also think that the the Bruins are – prone to make some mistakes, as was shown last week against Fresno State. I think Stanford, uh, David Shaw, I think he's he's a great underrated head coach uh, up there in Palo Alto. And uh, I like Stanford in their home opener uh, to win the game as an underdog and as to cover the, the spread. I know that you're probably on the other side of the fence. I'm a big Tanner McKee guy. Uh, I, I've been big on him since he came out of high school. He was a Notre Dame commit at one point. Uh, he's like 22 years old because he went on a two-year mission, and he looks like a vet back there, but it's really only his second full college season, if you can even call last year's pandemic year a full year. I think Tanner McKee's going to blossom into one of David Shaw's better quarterbacks at Stanford, and I think this is another step for Stanford. I don't think Stanford is a contender uh, for a Pac-12 title, but I think this is a tough game. UCLA coming off of that loss, I I don't know if they're deflated. Chip Kelly has done a great job the last couple of years. I don't know how they come out in that game. Stanford scores early. You wonder how UCLA responds um, if they can't get their uh, offense going. They like to run the ball, and they like to do it a lot. That's my stance on Stanford. I know you see it the other way. I know a lot of people see it the other way. Why do you like UCLA coming off the loss in Stanford at Stanford's home opener? So that's what I'm going to go with. UCLA is actually going to be my first lock, UCLA minus four and a half. And honestly, I think this line shows that once again, Fresno State still isn't getting the credit that they deserve as a top tier program. People are thinking that this is a huge upset. And I, I wonder even if UCLA didn't know the caliber that Fresno State was coming into or, or kind of got shell-shocked at the beginning of the game there. But UCLA w- was winning that game 
until a legendary performance like Jake Hayner just had. I mean, we just talked about it in the beginning where they met all the punches. They came back. They forced turnovers. They did everything possible that you can do. And this is coming from a USC fan that's saying that UCLA is the real deal. They Chip Kelly's going to get that team back into shape. He's not going to let the, the mistakes that they happened they had last week happen two weeks in a row. Stanford's biggest victory came over a deflated USC team that was headed by Clay Helton at time, came into the Coliseum and absolutely blew them out. You, that one doesn't shock me as much. We were on the, during that game, I was on the Stanford side actually as well, because I know that Stanford plays them tough every year. It's, a, it's not an official quote unquote rivalry game, but it's as big of a rivalry between Stanford and USC in current times as we've had. So that one, I expected Stanford to come out there and, and perform. They performed more than I expected. But in their only other victory came over Vanderbilt, a team that squeaked out a win over Colorado State and ETSU. So I, while the box scores show different, I really haven't seen Stanford do more than UCLA has done. I think that UCLA is the better team. I think they win by a touchdown. And a big lean for me, I don't know if I'll make it an official play, is 58 and a half over taking that, taking the over there. Stanford showed and David Shaw showed that they are changing up their offense a little bit. They're still very heavy behind that run offense, but as they showed against USC, they're not afraid to air it out. If they see that there's they can exploit that secondary. They're going to air it out. They're going to score. They have the ability to score quickly. That's been Stanford's biggest issues in the past year is that them going into the I formation and pounding it out. It was one when, when they got down in football games, they had a really hard time coming back because they didn't have an explosive offense. Like you just said, quarterbacking has been maybe the best since luck and so Sanford has has the power to compete with UCLA, but I like UCLA to come out by a touchdown. You like UCLA. I like Stanford. Other leans that I'm probably going to put something on, and I advise you to as well, feeling good about these. West Virginia plus 16 and a half at Oklahoma. I, I don't think Oklahoma is as good as people are making them out to be. They haven't really looked that good. I mean, they snuck by Tulane. Weren't that impressive against the Nebraska team that's very, eh, you know, they're two and two, but they're, uh, I mean, they lost to Illinois and Illinois hasn't won a game since. I don't think Nebraska's a, a very good football team. Uh, I like the under 50, Troy, Louisiana, Monroe. Troy has not scored more than 21 points in their last two games. Both have been competitive, one and one. Louisiana, Monroe has no offense. Uh, they scored a touchdown, I think, or maybe two in their first game against Kentucky. Jackson State, primetime Dion last week, snuck out a low-scoring game in that, in that one. Uh, I, I really like under 50 here. I think it's one of the better plays of the day. I'm thinking about putting a unit and a half on that one. Another game that you and I have kind of toggled with the Nebraska-Michigan State line, 52 in that game for a couple of Really good defenses, I guess, if Nebraska has anything going for them. Their defense has been pretty good out of the gate, um, and as has Michigan State. I think Michigan State's the much better team. I, I think they win in this game. You think Nebraska has a chance, but what do you feel about that over-under line? 
I like the under as well, too. And I think that everyone kind of writes off Nebraska, their record there. I think it is a much bigger issue of coaching than it is of the talent pool there. Because really, if you look at that Oklahoma game, I think Nebraska should have won the game. If, if they have a better coach, if they had the opportunities, I think what gets made big out of that was the the one interception, the, the amazing catch interception. You're talking about that. That almost lost them the game because it put them inside the 10-yard line. So while we make – got to go back and look at the game that Nebraska had plenty of opportunities to win against Oklahoma. They have the defense for sure. So I love the, the under on that game as well. Get your pens and papers out. I also like New Mexico State plus 17 and a half at home against Hawaii. Hawaii's looked really bad out of the gate. Uh, New Mexico State's a bad football team, too. I, I don't think they lose by 17 points at home. Uh, I also like the uh, parlay here, the little parlay that I put together for the weekend. Had success uh, with this last week. Uh, hit a pretty big parlay in college football. Had Penn State in it. Had uh, Georgia State and it had Wyoming in it. That that was kind of a, a good a good feeling there to hit that one. I like uh, four teams money line. I like Virginia. Virginia at home, minus four, minus one ninety money line. Air Force hosts Florida Atlantic. That's a tough trip. I think FAU is a good football team. I think Air Force triple option. They take care of business at home. Tulane, their first game in New Orleans this year against a pretty good UAB team. Uh, but I think Tulane wins the game money line and uh, Indiana, uh, Indiana. I think they bounce back on the road. They're heavy favorites at Western Kentucky, but you could get a money line there for around 350. Uh, that is a plus two and a half units if you put one unit on it. So uh, pretty, pretty big win there. Pretty big win there. Um, if you can hit that one. I also like Western Michigan, Army, Iowa State, if you want to put that in some type of parlay over the weekend. It's time for our Hennessy underdog sponsored by Hennessy, where anything is possible. Never settle. Who do we like this week? This week for the underdog, I'm taking Arkansas plus five and a half and then also dropping a half a unit money line on them. I think the environment at Arkansas will be a huge factor for Texas A&M. A&M struggled at Colorado and the Arkansas atmosphere will be far more electric than what was there in Boulder. The running and pass defense will be the key for Arkansas in the game. Arkansas versus Texas had 47 attempts for 333 yards against Georgia Southern, 48 attempts for 270 yards. So I expect them easily to run the ball over 45 times where that's a huge problem for AM, who gave up 171 yards on 38 attempts to Colorado. Well, if you looked at Colorado last week, they rushed on 21 attempts for, yes, this is not an exaggeration, minus 20 yards against Minnesota. So uh, they let up a not good rushing team get close to 200 yards on them. I expect Arkansas to run the ball down the throat, control the clock, and end up making – a run towards the end and, and keeping the ball on the road. AM is also completing under 50% of their passes. Passings where Arkansas can find themselves in the most trouble. They've been letting up more yards than I'd like to see it through the air. But when AM's completing 
on the road less than 50%. I expect it once to be once again to be very difficult to make these adjustments at the line and think that it will be a key factor in incompletions being made and, and breakups and really not being able to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. And I expect Arkansas to win the game, but I will also take them five and a half, take my points. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, just to, just in case uh, they, they don't play that well and a Texas A&M kind of escapes like they did at Colorado. I mean, we were all over Colorado plus 17 and a half back in week two. I mean, that was kind of a steal. Uh, we felt that game being in Boulder and Colorado had so many chances to win and then just came out flat, which which doesn't surprise me a whole lot against Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's 30 points better th than Colorado. I just think you're coming off, you, you nearly pull off a top five SEC upset and uh, you kind of whiff at it. It had a golden opportunity to really start 2-0 and and maybe get ranked. It's just it's such a swing there for Colorado. And it doesn't surprise me that Minnesota kind of dominated them in that game. But yeah, we, we like Arkansas. I, I by no means do I think Arkansas is a top ten team. I think Texas AM is is overrated. Um I actually took minus nine and a half for the regular season win total. Um I, I think they go nine and three, maybe eight and four. We'll see. Uh they're three and oh. They haven't really faced anybody that great. Colorado might be a middle-of-the-pack, lower-tier Pac-12 team. And, and quite honestly, Pac-12 hasn't looked great out of the gate, minus Oregon. Everybody except Oregon already has a loss. So you can uh, count this as another year. The Pac-12 probably won't have a team in the college football playoff unless somehow Oregon runs the table. Uh, they, they snuck by Stony Brook last week. They should get by Arizona. Pretty big favorites at home this week in their Pac-12 opener. We like Arkansas. That is our Hennessy underdog sponsored by Hennessy, where anything is possible. We've got a couple more picks for college football before we start thinking about the NFL on Sunday. And these are two heavy leans that you like, and you're going to get some action on them. Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, my other two locks. So I locked in UCLA minus four and a half. Next one, I'm going to take Oklahoma State minus six over K-State, Kansas State. I This line's dropped from minus six or for minus seven is what it opened up at. I think K-State's getting way too much love just based off of the 25 top 25 ranking games in Oklahoma state against the top 25 team. I expect that atmosphere to be electric too. Oklahoma state just came off that blue turf win we had talked about earlier in the podcast. The Oklahoma state weakness is their pass defense wall, which benefits them because K-State is a run-first offense, averaging 42 rushes a game for the first three weeks. Through the air, uh, Kansas State only went 9 for 14 versus Stanford. We just talked about them. 9 for 13 versus Nevada and 11 for 21 versus SIU through the air. I don't see them changing up their strategy. Oklahoma State's able to stop the run at a Fairly decent pace at home. I will take Oklahoma State by a touchdown plus. I think that actually is a 10-point win for them. And then the other lock that I have is, is Mississippi State versus LSU. I'm going to take Mississippi State plus two and a half. I think they come out with the win, but I also will, will take the points just to be safe. Their only true competition LSU's faced was that UCLA team who dominated them on both sides of the ball. Mississippi State will be a pass-heavy offense, which will be exploited for sure. Now, they'll be able to exploit the LSU defense, which is exactly what UCLA showed 
really didn't UCLA didn't pass the ball that much, but when they did, they racked up tons of yards, had over 17 yards per pass on the, the day. Mississippi State has over 300 yards in each of their game, and I fully expect them to have over 400 yards in this coming game. LSU usually runs about 50-50 of their offense. So I expect Mississippi State's defense to really put the pressure on the LSU, and I expect the outright win by Mississippi State, but for the official lock, I'm going to take them plus two and a half. That's what we like on Saturday in college football. Obviously, we sit around. We have a chance to watch the game sometimes from sunup to sundown. Uh, there's a lot of lives that become kind of attractive during games, and uh, we advise you to kind of stay on that as well. That's who we like. Again, Hennessy underdog, Arkansas, money line, Arkansas, plus five and a half. We also like Boston College a lot as a slight underdog at home against Mizzou. On to Sunday. The NFL was very kind to us last week. We mentioned the big win with the four-team parlay. You look at the slate, it's week three. Teams are kind of starting to show themselves more and more. Who's going to be good? Who's not going to be good? Who do you like this Sunday, week three? So I'm going to start off actually this one. The only reason I don't like this is because I've seen a lot of money put on them, but I'm going to take the Patriots at minus three. I think we had talked about them last week. I think that they still are a very good team. You're talking about how the Saints looked last week being horrible after their their first week that they – well, full-on black to white where it, they looked unbeatable week one, looked horrible week two. Coming into Foxborough, I think the Patriots get it done once again. I think the Patriots are one of the better ball clubs in the NFL. Their, their only loss came on that – late game fumble that should have should have really been a, a win. They really should be 2-0 and if you look at it against the Dolphins. So I'm going to take minus three Patriots over the Saints for sure in that one. And then one that I know we were both just talking about is the Raiders. So I'll let you talk a little bit about that game. Yeah, I like the Raiders. It's that second game in Las Vegas uh, for them. What an atmosphere it was, that Monday night football game where they came back in overtime and Tried to blow it a couple of times, but that was that was a thriller, like out of the gate, and that that was kind of uh, the start of our last week. We we had the the podcast after that game, but that's you know technically all in a week, right? A week's body, uh, Monday to Sunday, and so that kind of got our week kickstarted in the right direction for sure. But I like Oakland to go to three and zero. I buy the hype around the Raiders. I, I took them with the um, over regular season total, which was was alarmingly low, around seven and a half. Um, John Gruden's got a lot to prove this year and it appears that Derek Carr might have the pieces around him to show people how good of a quarterback he can be. He's kind of been on the fence since that uh, big crazy season he had when he first got into the league. Uh, I like Las Vegas in this game. The line has shifted a little bit. It was announced two is not playing for Miami. I do think Miami puts on a much better performance than they did week one against the Bills, but even at minus four, I like Las Vegas at home against the Finns. I do too. I think that the Dolphins are very, they're a very good ball club too. They also aren't the same monster they are at home though. When, when you get down into Miami, they're a team that's much more difficult to beat. You come into Las Vegas and I think that the Raiders 
beat them by a touchdown in that game. So I am also, I don't think two moves the line quite as much as people are thinking. I think when, when he was ruled out that that line might move more into that, that four and a half, five range. So I think that he's not as big of a factor and that's, that's nothing against him. He's a young quarterback, but I still see the Raiders pulling out this game. I think that they're just, the, the better team, better coach team, and I I fully expect them to win at home. I like the Thursday night game, and it's not a great game, which often Thursday night football has proven to be since they made it every week of the regular season. I like Carolina to cover eight against the Houston Texans. In Houston, looked good week one against Jacksonville, looked good through one half against Cleveland. Tyrod Taylor goes down. Wheels fall off. Uh, I don't think they hang with with Carolina, who's looked really good off the bat with a couple of uh, pretty good wins uh, against the Jets, which they should have done in week one, but uh, against a, a Saints team that looked pretty dominant against the Packers week one last week. Yeah, I'm going to also go with this this pick. Once again, the only thing that kind of kind of concerns me is that I know Carolina is a huge public favorite, and I, I hate to tail the public favorites, but I think – we're all cashing on, on Panthers here. I, I think that the Panthers and Sam Darnold's finally, Sam Darnold's finally getting to be under a better coach and a better play calling system. He's been able to utilize Christian McCaffrey on the season, 45 carries, 170 yards, and also been able to hit him a few times through the air. So I fully expect Carolina to come in there Thursday night, roll and, and win once again, by, by their spread more right around that. I think 10, I could see 14, but I think it might be a little more of a tight game than some people see, but I do expect them to cover that spread. I like Arizona at Jacksonville as a seven point favorite. Um, I think the Cardinals kind of beat themselves a little bit last week and almost lost the game at home against Minnesota. I think, I think they kind of mirror their week one dominant win at Tennessee a little bit more. Speaking of Tennessee, I like them at home against the Colts. Wentz is banged up. Uh, Jacob Eason, their backup quarterback, has a pretty live arm. But I, I think Tennessee is one of the better teams in the AFC. And their resiliency coming back, winning at Seattle in overtime, Derrick Henry's dominance, he probably won't repeat it. But I, I like Tennessee in this game. Slam it. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I am actually going to say that Tennessee is why I'm going to put two units minus five and a half on this game. What I saw from the Colts to end that game with Eason, have, which is funny, I, I know uh, Jay Kaner, who got played over him from Fresno State, was transferred from Washington, just kind of that backstory, transferred from Washington because Peterson took him over. Hayner and that's when when Hayner went and transferred so I know he was having a day seeing Eason come in and throw a game losing pick so I'm going to actually two unit this Tennessee minus five and a half I think at home it's even better the Colts don't have the offense outside of Wentz to, to compete you see him with with two sprained ankles that's something that you rarely see I don't know how both of them got sprained. Actually, I do based on how many times he was hit and behind a Colts offensive line that should not have an asset like Wentz. So I'm going to take the Titans two units minus five and a half. Love that game. 
that's going to be my lock of the week for sure in the NFL. Lock of the week right there. I like Denver minus 10 at home against the New York Jets. I don't know how the Jets score. The over-under in that game is 41 and a half. I don't know if I'll mess with that. Teddy Bridgewater looks really, really good out of the gate with Denver. They've got some good pieces around him as well. Hey, uh, they are slight underdogs at home. I think Tom Brady gets handed his first loss this week in L.A. against the Rams. I could I that is it that now that one won't be my underdog but I could very well see that I lean that one too that one's not going to be my official play I just solely because I don't know how that one's going to play out at home but I would not be surprised at all to see see a Rams victory in Los Angeles there if you want to put together a parlay here are some that I've kind of come up with to pair together. I like the Panthers money line mixed with the Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee Titans, and Buffalo Bills. That'll get you something nice if you put one unit on it. I uh, put a couple of units on that one, uh, hoping to win big like we did uh, last Sunday. Other lines that are starting to look better, Jolly, as the week goes along. I kind of like Baltimore minus eight at Detroit. I I think Detroit second half uh, kind of stunk it up in Green Bay. I think that's the kind of more resembles the team they are. I I like their head coach. I think he's going to have them fighting. I like Jared Goff. Uh, I don't think he's an elite quarterback. He's not a top-tier quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's better than what a lot of people get him credit for. They could score a little bit. I I might look to to hammer the over 50 in that game, but I I think Baltimore can kind of like assert themselves as a top dog now. I think that KC went on was a huge boost and I don't expect them to not come out firing against Detroit to, to try and continue that momentum. Yeah, I can see Baltimore scoring the vast majority of that over 50. I could I see them coming out and, and scoring a lot of points early on. You're saying even with the, the depleted running game, it's forced Jackson to throw through the air much more than he was would usually. And Right now, you're, you're starting to see, I think that they're telling him, too, to focus more on the passing. You're seeing he's still still young, still struggling with going through that, that third, fourth read and, and finding time and not just necessarily not seeing read one and then taking off and running, which isn't a longevity standpoint. Numbers passing aren't, aren't bad at all. You go 37, through 50, 37 for 56 on the year, 474. Only two interceptions on, on the entire year through the first two games. So not bad considering the teams he's played already at 200-yard rusher. So I think that that offense gets electric, and I expect that I would like that minus eight and I lean that way too. Don't think it's my official, but I would lean both minus eight and over. That's Baltimore at Detroit. Uh, other good matchups, uh, New Orleans, New England, LA, Kansas city, Chicago, Cleveland might be interesting. Bengals Steelers might be interesting. I I'm really looking forward to that Buccaneers Rams games, uh, Seahawks uh, against the Vikings team that probably feels like they should be one and one. Uh, Vikings are a pick em in that game. Seahawks are slight favorites. San Francisco minus three at home against Green Bay. Uh, if Green Bay is not at the top of their game, they don't cover that. I think San Francisco uh, covers it. And then the Monday night game should be a fun one. Philly against Dallas, who bounced back with a win against the Chargers week two. 
do you have a, a, a under, underdog in the NFL this week? or, or So I do not have a money line underdog, but I have one to cover, and that is going to be I'm going to drink the juice and I'm going to take Bears plus seven. I think that new QB1 uh, with Justin Fields gets them the – the victor gets them the cover against the Browns. I think that the Browns have showed that while they are a, a very good ball club, they still, when it comes down to crunch time and some of these scenarios you can't prepare for, they haven't experienced them very much. You saw that last week with, with Baker Mayfield making a mistake at the end that, that costed them a chance for the win. So I think I like, the bears to cover the plus seven. So while it's not the, the outright underdog that we, we cashed last week, I'm going to go a unit on bears plus seven as my underdog of the week. NFL big last week. We hope to kind of repeat it this week before we sign off and cross our fingers and hope that we come back with big pockets again next week. The UFC was a big part of your success last week. You like UFC 266 this weekend. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you're confident in because we know that the Jolly Roger clears the deck for UFC. So UFC last week, so officially we went we went undefeated and we went with Hannah Goldie, uh, got a first-round finish arm bar and then got another victory two to go. We went 2-0 and oh, uh, with Lipsky. Lipsky got a unanimous decision. I think that third round closed as by unanimous decision that third round closed at minus 4,000 for Lipsky. So I was feeling pretty good as long as she didn't get knocked out going into round three. So it both really good reads. I live had two other bets. So it ended up for me being a five unit, five unit UFC card. So one of the best I had ever had there going four and oh for five units this week though, for two sixty six, I love Dan hooker over Nasrat minus 145 striker on striker matchup. Dan Hook, Dan the Hangman Hooker is still a top five for sure in there too. And and you you go back in his last two losses coming off a top or a two loss streak. Those were Michael Chandler was the last one that he lost and then Dustin Poirier. And I really don't have to explain the caliber of those two guys. And if you go and look back at the film of the, the Chandler loss in his last fight, his striking was there. He was dominating that front lead leg and, and really going for that entire match. He, he would have been difficult for Chandler to continue. Chandler faked with a takedown, being one of the best grapplers in the lightweight division, and then was able to catch him over the top with a left hook. So with this striker-on-striker matchup, not the same takedown threat, I expect Hooker to get the victory here. I think he doesn't unanimous decision, won't have anything there in, in the distance. Then the other one, too, this one pretty insane is Nick Diaz. I have him over Robbie Lawler on minus 110. Nick Diaz comes back after six years of taking a break from the octagon after his marijuana instance and then just kind of the, the fighting with USADA and UFC. So after six years, Diaz has stepped back in the cage. 
This may be the most crazy stat that we will get all week is that this is a rematch from 17 years ago, 2004 UFC 47. And I can promise you this will never happen again under UFC promotion. We're seeing a lot of the celebrity fights now. So don't quote me that Chuck Liddell and and Tito might not fight again in, in some fake, fake promotion again, but this one, after 17 years in UFC, they're going to fight. Robbie Lawler's on a losing streak that, that dates back to 2017. So I, I think that Nick Diaz is going to come back. It'll take some ring rust. I think that it'll play out everyone feeling each other out, which benefits Diaz's boxing. I expect him to get a unanimous decision win as well in in the octagon. and kind of get right back on track. And then my my last one is going to be, I called this one the foreigner parlay. I like Jessica Andrade over Cynthia Cavillo, Santos over Roxanne. And then in the main event, I like Alexander Volkanovsky over Brian Ortega. I think that Volk still not getting the respect that he deserves as the champion. I think he is one of the most underrated champion outside of Jan probably right now. So I think that he beats Brian Ortega. I think it's a TKO inside. So I I take inside the decision, but based on on the odds are too high for that one. So I'm just going to throw him in this parlay. That parlay is plus 175. So those are my three UFC picks for the week. UFC, kind of jolly last week. We're feeling confident it's going to be the same this weekend. Hey, before we sign off, we want you to give us a follow. We're now on social media, Twitter at SH Sports Podcast. This is the Side Hustle Sports Podcast sponsored by Hennessy, where anything is possible, never settle. Hey, here's to a great week four of college football and week three in the NFL and a little UFC action, too.